All right, welcome to 1010's Podcast. We are back again this week. I'm Michael Beck, and I've got Adam and Handsome Rob with me, as usual. <laughs> what do we yeah, got I haven't this dropped week? any of your nicknames to Michael yet, so... I know, I was listening to the last podcast this week, and you never once sprinkled them in and gave I me... I told you, I, they, I didn't say they were going to come that week. fast and hard. They're going to come when you least expect it. I might wait six months so that you've forgotten entirely about my threat, and then BAM! There it is. What you do lo- they call those? Easter you eggs? Your little Easter eggs yep. that you're planting within yeah. you know the whole pantheon yeah. of every episode that yeah. we make. Yeah. Uh, you lost me after coming fast and hard. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I just started laughing That's... at that. Now I'm gone. So on that note, uh, <laughs> let's hit up our social media. So we've got Facebook, 10 Tents Podcast. We've got at the number 10 Tents Podcast on Twitter. We are on Instagram as well as 10 Tents Podcast. And uh, you can find us at 10tentspodcast.com. And on our website now, we've got we've actually got some features. We're moving. Things as are opposed happening. to the nothing that we had before, plus our bios. So we've got, um, I made a blog post the other day, which you can read on there. Adam is starting a new segment called the Cartoons, correct? Saturday Morning Cartoons. Saturday Morning Cartoons. So, which is a... I mean, I'm I'm open to options on the name, but it works, so whatever. Why don't you explain the bit, then, since it's your bit? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, so mostly it's just... Uh, videos from the internet that we find interesting. They could be race car videos. They could be, you know, car reviews for new cars, tuned cars, whatever. Uh, maybe a DIY here and there, some car documentaries, anything we find car related and interesting. Now, is it going to be basically new as sa- the same as all the other sites are posting out? I mean, could it be old? Could it oh, be it's going to be, it's going to be random as hell. Perfect. Yeah. We're uh, not going to be that occasionally page. like this week. I posted something that was mildly relevant to what was happening in the automotive world, at least our automotive world, just because that, that video prop popped back on my mind. It's the first Gimkana video that Ken block put out, which I believe is the best one for probably strange reasons, but I think it's a really good video. I think it's the better one. But we promise to post, not original because it's not our content, but content that is different than what you would find trending, I suppose, on yeah. Facebook. I've got, I've got a long list of very strange things that I probably will end up posting. Some cool stuff. Well, cool. Then the, the intent would be that we could also add our own. Pers- or, Someday we might. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely get on the video content. As, as I was, yesterday, we were, or last night, we were at Walmart. We were walking through there, and I stopped and looked at their GoPro display. I was trying to, like, every single time. And I, have a, I have a GoPro Hero 3 with the Wi-Fi on it and all that stuff, but I was kind of, like, looking at their their handheld uh, the, carrying sticks and oh, stuff yeah. like that. They have this padded, floating foam grip. I'm like, I probably need stuff like that So we soon. can shoot video individually, you mean? Like, we hold the camera yeah so we're walking around a show and and i'm you know pointing at stuff that i think is cool and yeah we can pull off of that and make montages because who doesn't love a montage everybody loves montage everybody loves even rocky had a montage absolutely so uh we hit a milestone today in fact a big one which would be a, a week ago for those listening so we hit 200 likes on facebook which was huge. We didn't think we were going to make it before the show, but we barely squeaked it in. I think we're at 201 right now. Yep. I was fully prepared to lie to all of you and say we made it <laughs> because this isn't going to come out for a week. So, But uh, we were really excited about that. Um, and then we we looked at, so when we post our podcast, the company that hosts the podcast that actually saves it somewhere out on the cloud internet things, yep. um, they actually keep some record of what's going on with the podcast and they showed us that there were 400 downloads for the month of February. Which was our first full month. Yep. And so I think, you know, I mean, I don't, 
don't know what everybody else has managed to do with their podcasts, but I feel like from three random guys who live in the middle of Iowa, that's not a bad day. That's a heck of a start, in my opinion. Yeah, so we're really excited. So thank you, everybody, for that. We had talked about if we were going to have a listener of the week or you know someone that interacted with us that we wanted to shout out, but we wanted to thank everybody that has supported us up to this point because um, we really had no intentions when we started this, and uh, people are listening and giving us good feedback and want us to keep doing it, so big thank you to everybody. Yep, we appreciate we should, that. We should list out individually each of the 201 people that follow us on Facebook right now <laughs> and thank them individually. I think we're going to pass on that no, for this week. Hard, hard, hard pass. <laughs> awesome. We had a good week on Instagram. We're up to 87 followers we did. now. It's, yeah, well, are you sure yeah. it's not more than that? I thought it was uh, more I than that. I just checked it was 87. Okay. We were trucking along pretty good on Instagram this week, too. Instagram so. and Twitter are strange things to me because we've gotten like very prominent people that end up following us on both of those. Right. And it's yeah. very strange to me. Like pro drivers. Yeah, we've got some pro drivers. We've mentioned before we've got an F1 test driver. We've got some semi-pro a drivers that have a big following. HRA driver. It's, yeah. yeah, it's neat. Really really unique. I mean, I don't know if it's them or if it's their PR team, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it's cool. cool. So it's cool. Yeah, thank you to those guys, too, because, you know, you get followers from that, too. Like, oh, Joe Schmo's following these people. Okay, we'll follow them, too. Yep. Right. So cool. All right, anything else before we jump into the uh, topics? So I was corrected on, on our Chicago Auto Show coverage. Uh, apparently, the slingshot is a motorcycle by definition and you do have to have a motorcycle license to drive it and if you live in a state that requires helmets you do have to wear a helmet when driving it or riding in it which means to me that it makes even less sense than it did when i believed it was registered as a car yeah i would agree with that because it would be one thing if you were someone who had a car and liked cars but you wanted something that was cheaper and kind of on the verge of being a motorcycle, you know, very open top, very, you know, one with nature, but it's it's just a trike, essentially. A guy like me who, I like the idea, the concept behind a motorcycle, the, you know, the openness, the one with the road feel, that's very intriguing to me, but I don't like what a motorcycle is in reality, which to me is a death machine. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the added appeal. Yeah, I don't. I like living. I have this really strong allergy to death. No, I understand. I've I've wrecked motorcycles. I get it, but I I still healthy fear and I like them. I think it would make way more sense if it was like fifteen thousand dollars because yeah, it's too much for for fifteen thousand dollars. You could buy the most absolutely ludicrous motorcycle that would most definitely kill you. Yeah, and go from zero to sixty in two and a half seconds. I don't even know if you maybe can, less. If you Probably. can even spend like a normal production bike, if you can even. Well, yeah, you, yeah uh, Hayabusa is probably around fifteen grand. I'm sure that you know Ducati and, and yeah, those, yeah, those are sure. fancy companies crazy make these crazy though. bikes that cost that kind of money. Yeah, those are like thirty four thousand. Yeah, so if it was if it was in that fifteen thousand dollar price range, especially considering it's got a very old engine and an archaic transmission and really not much else going for it, other than it might be kind of cool, I'd be totally okay with it. But twenty to twenty five grand, I think, is too much money. I wonder what one of those Cayman spiders cost. Because, Way too much money. Because yeah, that, now that now that I know more about the about that the slingshot, I feel like that's probably its primary uh, competitor. Maybe. Well, see, this is weird though because I dated a girl that worked at a Harley Davidson shop, and of course they make fun of those. Oh yeah, they hate the Cayman spiders. Yeah, totally yeah, I have a funny story that goes with those. They totally make fun of those, but um, I think the appeal of those is, and I I had another friend of mine that I used to work with 
that told me the same thing. Is it's for people that used to ride motorcycles but can't now. But they're, they're aging or they've why got Why don't they get a Harley trike or something like that, you know? Well, so Harley's had the trike, but nobody else has really had an equivalent to the trike. Yeah, I guess. So, so they came out into that market saying, you know, this is a little bit safer. It offers – it gives an option to people who don't ride if they want to get into it, but they don't like the whole death and carnage and fire that comes along with a super bike. You know, you can go this route. Or if you're someone that used to ride and now you're disabled or you've got some form of handicap, you can go – get a three-wheeler it still leans and stuff like a bike doesn't it it's still it's got more motorcycle feel than a standard trike i would describe it like a snowmobile like if you're like if you can drive a snowmobile that's what it'd be like driving really i think you lean a little bit i think i don't think it's a a ton but they've got these weird these weird ones that actually have actuators on the front so when you turn it really does lean Hmm. and i can't i'm trying to think of an example i got facebook targeted ads from some new can-am that is turboed yeah i saw that and and it has like this little shorty exhaust like this raw hater pipe yeah hater pipe and i'm just like holy shit is that cool like am i allowed to like that because it I don't know. It's, it's got, privately. It's, it's, it's the troll of cool. motorcycles. Anything that's well, maybe that's cool then. Maybe because <laughs> it's the troll of motorcycles and it's got a hater pipe. It's on the verge of maybe being cool. So is that front wheel drive or is that still driven rear. by the rear? Yeah. I think it's it's, 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 it's yeah. It's, it's I think usually it chain driven or belt driven rear wheel. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't. know. I also had a video pop or cross my Facebook yesterday that was Tanner Faust driving a four hundred horsepower slingshot. <laughs> with a built motor in it and all this crazy stuff. Is it stuff? really driving or is it just on the verge of crashing? It's just spinning the wheel. No, he's he's like drifting it up a like one of those spiral on ramp mm. uh, or a for a parking, parking garage. ramp. Yep. And just like drifting it all over the place and it's actually pretty sick. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't understand the whole modifying and putting turbochargers on the on the uh, slingshot, but yeah, Josh Fettis, the shop he works at, they did one, and and he said all it does was spin. There's an they LS swapped a, one as well. They couldn't what? get a good yeah yeah. It was at SEMA. That's they weird. couldn't get a good dyno pass on it because they couldn't keep spin the, the back wheel from spinning. Yeah, I, I don't doesn't surprise me. I don't Still made a boatload of power though. Seems seems useless, and again a death trap at that point. But I think that's kind of the appeal on that one though. Like when it's turbocharged and wild and and excessive, that's kind of the point. Then you know that that targets the same person who'd buy a Hellcat. Yeah, I suppose. Well, then yeah, so then you got to put like this eighteen inch wide rear tire on the back and put a drag radial. Basically, on it. yeah, it's probably a can giant. I buy, can I buy a drag radial? Can I get a three fifteen R triple eight to slap on the back of there? You think you get some grip with that? I, I think maybe. the better option would be like a Mickey Thompson or a Hoosier drag ET radial or something like that. I don't know, maybe. No, because like they they kind of did that with the uh, the T Rexes when they came out because those are a little bit different design. It's a single person seater, but and yeah. I like those, but I I just can't get my head around the other ones for some reason. Yeah, I'm those, not going to run out and buy one anytime. No, those, were, those are even more overly yeah, priced. Yeah, I was say those are way more expensive than the slingshot. So I don't know. Maybe comparatively speaking, the slingshot is okay, but I still think it's more expensive than a, a Can Am. I think the T Rex is more expensive than the slingshot because. That was a small company, and they didn't have the manufacturing capability that Polaris does. Oh, I'm sure. And it seemed a bit more interesting than, you know, a three-wheeler with a Pontiac motor in it. Is that made in Spirit Lake, the cross, or the slingshot? I don't think so. Um, I think that it might be, yeah. That would be pretty I thought, cool. Yeah, we I should thought, probably talk. stop talking shit about it then. No, I don't care. I don't care. Support our Iowa manufacturing. Yeah, they make those, or they make stuff in Spirit Lake. I don't know. I'm not mad at people I buying I think Robbie applied for a job there once. I did. 
If somebody wants to buy one, it's fine. Who's going to engineer the shit out of a Victory motorcycle for you? It's not for me. I think they had Victories. I don't think they had the Can-Ams or anything like that. Or not Can-Ams, the uh, Slingshot. Yeah, the I know they make new, Victories though. there. And don't they make snowmobiles there? I thought they did motorcycles. I don't Is remember. Just four wheelers. I thought they did four wheelers. Is that what they do? I think they make victories there too. Well, I thought the plant up in Minnesota was the bigger one. We should get a tour. Oh, Why not? That's a good a point, actually. Yeah, we can call them up. Then we could then we could tell the actual truth of what's going on. Yeah, because we have no idea what we're talking about at we're all. Talking about our asses <laughs> just, right now. Yeah, lying. we don't know anything about specs, prices, <laughs> just making shit up. So right. on on that note, let's uh, let's jump into the topics. Yeah, this week we're going to talk about personal uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, some of our own stuff. It's probably the, not uh, going to be a cargument this week. Maybe. The, uh, Maybe. The Maybe. race season is fast approaching. All of our schedules have been released, uh, and and so the planning has begun, and the countdown to race, to race day has begun. Yep. Actually, Adam, you should plug your schedule. I do have I have a I have a Google Calendar that I maintain. It uh, it's public. If you want it, hit hit us up on you know in the messages with an email address, and I'll add you to it. Uh, it has all of the events for uh, the DMVR SCCA region, the Iowa SCCA region, uh, the Sioux Falls Sports Car Club, or the Sports Car Club of Siouxland, I guess. They're a NASA group. Uh, then there's a couple of small ones, like some of the local Corvette clubs hold one or two autocross events a year. We like going to those. They're fun. Upsetting old guys with their Corvettes. That's always entertaining. Uh, all the NQS events, whatever. So if you want on that, it's a nice way to show up right on your phone. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. super handy. I, I like it. So the first thing we were going to talk about was we've got three or four cars that we intend on racing this year. Um, we've run into some snags, issues, maybe not gotten as much done as we wanted to get done this winter. I think all of us have had that happen. We've all had some <laughs> snags and issues. So I think we were just going to go through and talk about each one of the cars and the state that they're in and what we're going to try to get done and by what date and just kind of have a conversation about that. Yeah. So all whoever right. wants to kick that off. Uh, Robbie, why don't you kick that off? All right. Uh, Robbie's, been, Robbie's been doing the most work probably. I'm, I'm really glad that Robbie's in as good and upbeat of a mood as he is right now. He should be in a great mood. I kind mood. of expected today, him to be in a bad mood actually. Well, that's because I put in a lot of work the last two weeks and I'm feeling a lot better about it. Because two weeks ago I would have been not quite so proud he had some victories this week yep or today even he had well, some, victories, he had some victories but then he also found out he, he's yeah. i mean but it's, he's it's moving it's not as proud. bad as i thought tell uh, us what it is though. all right so last year i had a sr20 with stock internals so i bought a different sr20 that some guy locally had built um he must have spun a bearing and then had it completely remanufactured so i can list off everything i got in that engine it's got forged rods pistons uh, Remand crank, uh, Brian Crower cams, titanium springs and retainers, new head gasket, new oil titanium. pump, new chain, uh, new gaskets everywhere, 750cc injectors, uh, Tomy rocker arm stoppers, and an oversized oil pan. What else did I do? Did I miss anything? You know if that oil pan's like baffled and all those fancy things? Yes, it is. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yep. So... Yeah, so I bought that, and I actually bought it for less than the parts would have cost me. If you I, you found that on like some internet forum? I found it on Zilvia.com first, and he had it for sale for the longest time. And then I think he actually had it for sale on Craigslist locally, and I messaged him and said, hey, is that still for sale? And he goes, yeah, if you want it, come get it. Was he in Des Moines? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, down, this, down by the airport. I think it's funny that he finds it on like a pretty big, you know, like forum. probably the biggest forum for those cars, and it yeah. just happens to be down the street. Yep. And I've bought stuff from him before. I actually bought a 
like a you know it's like a Godspeed turbo for like ninety bucks off of him. And I ran that for a year and a half, and that thing then, was so laggy. Yeah, and then I sh- then I shelled it out or burned it up, or, you know, whatever. But I mean, it was a ninety dollar turbo. That Who turbo cares? was more laggy than the one I've got on my truck. It was pretty That's, funny. It wasn't as well. It's, it's journal bearing, so it kind of by design, it's going to be laggy. I suppose. But I mean, yeah, for ninety dollars, I had a lot of fun with that. As long as it didn't shell out and go into the cylinder, you know, the yeah, it didn't go the, back into the engine. Yeah, no, you should be fine. I went from two hundred seventy two to three hundred twenty five horse on that one. He got me in a bunch of trouble when he swapped those turbos, though. That was bullshit. What it's happened? A long story. We don't want to do that. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Um. So that was the big one. I obviously pulled out my old engine, swapped over everything that was applicable to the new engine, uh, dropped in the new engine, which was a nightmare because I did it alone because I have too much pride. Robbie, <laughs> I didn't. Robbie's I didn't want to call anybody because we we I live about an hour away. Michael lives 40 feet away no that was not true at the time yeah no i was here when you put that that engine in because you texted oh, really? me a couple days later yeah the engine's in i was like dude <laughs> and i talked to you the week before that. i was like dude text me when you get ready to put the engine in i'll come help now nah, he, he wants to do it by himself yep, so he's pull- he's super hardcore into this built not bought thing yep so I, he doesn't I, uh, even get help no i disconnected everything pulled it out with my buddy's uh cherry picker josh thank you for letting me borrow that i still have it in my garage i need to bring that back um then yeah we put all the other stuff on the engine dropped the new one in and then spent an entire friday night trying to line the stupid thing up so it sits into the engine mounts right and get everything in correctly and that was a nightmare alone you had had two people i was just gonna say the same thing. it would have gone, gone like way faster it would have took like 10 minutes if i would have just called somebody somebody could have just you know walked mo- over moved the piston on the cherry picker just a just little a bit little. shake it let him i literally the don't do anything if i'm not at work like I have zero social life outside of I you know. two, so I most likely was sitting on my couch watching some stupid show that Katie was watching <laughs> and thinking, "Boy, I really wish I had something better." To do. I know for a fact that I was at my place, which is basically Robbie could throw a rocket, you know, his inside wall, and I would hear it because they yep, they're they, attached. They share the corner of walls, yeah, where, like where two corner where two walls where, meet. They're they're. Basically, it's like a it's like a brownstone walk up, but it's not that fancy. Like if you think of a New York brownstone walk up, where you've got a bunch of houses in a row and they're all attached, it's like that. Yeah, so so we're two Robbie lives down. on the front side of it, and Michael lives on the back side of it, and they're kind of kitty corner. They're one unit over and the opposite side. Right. So I easily I know for a fact that I was home and not doing anything, and he was over here struggling and swearing to get that engine in. They can I connect to each other's Wi Fi. That's how close they yeah. live. Yeah. I may or may not have thrown some tools and. But that was because twice in the year previous, I had you guys, you Adam, and then my other friend Tom come down and help me put a transmission in, without a hoist, with with just and jack we still stands and a transmission. You can so hear. You won't let me live that down. You can I want to do this laughing in the background. <laughs> Because it was not easy was pushing that night. transmission back into place. We ended up just basically getting underneath the transmission and like bench you know, pressing it, bench pressing it up into place. It was quite. That would have been nice to have you with your here's, all your gains. Here's the funny thing that Robbie. Did, life. Here's yep. the th- funny thing that Robbie doesn't know is that I I told Adam I was probably going to help Robbie put the engine in, which obviously never happened. Adam said, "Yep, that sounds good, but here's the thing: do not swap the transmission. If he asks you, <laughs> to, if he asks you to swap the transmission, you leave. You've got you've got gym things to do. That you night. guys. Are oh, I'm so, so busy. Oh, look at all these things I have to do. This is a, this is so a, dramatic. So, no, it wasn't that bad. It was definitely not the worst thing I've ever done. No, no one got hurt. It could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. So, I hate swapping transmissions on cars on jack stands, though. It makes it me so fun. nervous. There's, there's no That's good. True, I had two jack stands. There's one jack. Jack." Jack, you're you're mixing tools here, Katie. It's a little guy. One jack stand. 
No, we no, have two Jaguars on jack stands. We couldn't use them. I have the really cheap Craftsman kit for like 60 bucks. It's got the jack stands <laughs> and the jack. Four jack stands and a jack. What more do you need? Yeah, exactly. And I, know, I do I need to replace that. Even if you have a lift and all that stuff, there's no good way to do transmissions. They I, just suck. I'm convinced that, at least in any of my cars, I'm convinced just take the whole thing out. Take a- the after, engine and the transmission out. After this out. December, I will wholeheartedly agree. It was easier alone to pull the whole engine and transmission out and put it back in. Yeah. I I won't do it anymore because we did it on the Fiat Pro two tip. years ago. Yep. And it sucked doing it there. And I know on the RX-7... That whole assembly is just so tight. I don't know if I could get the transmission shaft shook out from the from the. That's the, uh, the hardest engine. part, right? Or, or get it back to. There's no way it would go back together. Yeah, absolutely sucks. not. Really bad. So, so there's our pro tip for the day. Yep. Just take the whole thing out and save yourself a little bit of work. Or pay someone else to do it. Yep. The more you know. All um, right. So you, Robbie, so had some trials and tribulations over the past couple of weeks. Oh no, I'm not done listing off my changes. Oh boy, I, that's where I started. Robbie doesn't screw around either. So many things. Not, that not is, only, not only does the, he do all the work by himself, he, he orders some shit. I love he, he makes Iowa. me feel really bad about myself because like it's 12 degrees outside, and I'm like, God, I really should be working on my car, but it's too cold. And I've got like four different heaters and a big garage, and Robbie has none of those things. I have a $20 gets, space heater that kind of heats my garage. <laughs> he gets so much shit done. Okay, so where was I? Oh, yeah, but this is why I kind of like Iowa, because we do technically have an off-season, and I can make dramatic changes, so the car you saw in October is nothing like the car you're going to see in May, and I've done that two years in a row. Yeah. And um, so, that was the engine I replaced. Uh, the next thing I did, I replaced all of the control arms, sway bars, um, support bars, what else? Lower, you know, front, rear, lower control arms, everything. Is that double A arm, front and bottom, or... Top and bottom, then, or uh, I guess what's what's um, it's got the it's got an upper bar that goes around your suspension, and then it's got. Do you have two control arms on the front on on each side? One on the top, one on the bottom. Just in the rear. Just in the rear. Yeah, because the front oh, just has your lower control arm. So you, you have, you have McPherson strut on the front, then. Yes. Okay, so then I replaced all that. The rear is completely Megan parts, and then the front I have Phase Two Motorsports, and that. Has the curved tension rod, so I can have bigger rims and. Those are the lower control arms. Yes, correct. Sorry, and yeah, so I love that. It's all powder coated blue. It looks really good, and it's fully adjustable. I can play with tow, camber, caster, everything this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Tim Buck says if there was, if Megan made their stuff in red, Robbie wouldn't have bought it. That's not true. I, I for the price, there is not a better suspension setup. That might be, but. It didn't hurt that it was blue. I love that it was blue. <laughs> you got the pinstripe on the side of the car. You got to keep the color the same. My color scheme is perfect. Everything's, color scheme everything is, is blue. Spot. Everything's Megan powder coat blue, and it just works. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty good. I, I, so, and I'll that's that. basically pure coincidence. But like, then I have the red accent on my brake caliper, and I like that. I think it looks good. Those are like Nismo three fifty Z or something like that, aren't They're they? They're the three hundred ZX uh, thirty millimeter with three fifty Z track rotors. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. So that's I did that. Um, I relocated my battery to the trunk. Um, replaced the tie rod ends. Now that I think about that, I also have seventeen by nine and a half RPF ones that I'm going to put uh, two forty five A sevens on, and I don't have the tires yet for that. 
He's gonna race sticky. He's gonna race some sticky slicks this year. Yep. I'm really excited about it. Oh, and I forgot. I put in a Sparco Evo three in my passenger seat, which you guys make fun of me for because now fat girls can fit. Should have kept a narrow frame I know, seat. I should have. I should have just yeah. What size? Corsa. What size is that seat? American. Fat. <laughs> it's full American. Fat. Well, the thing is, your driver's seat is a thirty-inch seat. Yep. You, oh, all, love you cannot seat. fit in that seat if you have anything bigger than a thirty-one-inch waist. So only myself and Robbie can sit in the driver's I've seat of that car. It. You can get in it. Yeah, I fit in it fine. Yeah. So it's it's real I'm tight. It's perfect. I didn't say you were fat. I'm out of shape. It doesn't. Mean <laughs> I did not say you were fat. You <laughs> took yourself. that the wrong way. Yeah. But no. The only reason I got this Evo three was because. Some guy bought four of them, put them on eBay, said, hey, a customer bought four of these, changed his mind, and now I'm stuck with them. Who buys four seats? Didn't ask. But So he had four of these brand new Sparkle Evo Changing 3s. the seats out on his Panamera, I think, is what happened. Oh, it could be. There, there was a Volvo that got posted on uh, Speed Hunters a while back. It was a station wagon, and he had... He had I don't remember what they. I don't think they were Sparkos. I think they were Recaros or something like maybe Brides. But there was two in the front, two in the back, and he <laughs> built like a it. special center console that went through the whole middle of it. It was pretty sweet. I like it. So yeah, I bought that, and then of course it's way too wide, so no brackets work. So I have to fab up my own, and it fits perfectly. But yeah, back to the story. The guy had four of them, stuck with them, and then he had them on eBay for like I think I don't, I don't even remember what he had them for, like six hundred some bucks, and they're brand new eight hundred. So I offered him. I was like, well, would you sell me one for 400 shipped? And he did it. I got a brand new Sparkle Evo 3 shipped to my house for $400. What's the retail on that? $825. Oh, God. Man. That I, hurts. I, so I had no choice but to buy the yeah. Evo 3. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I, I would have too. The week before, I was negotiating a price with some guy on Zilvia to get a Evo 2 or 1 shipped to me used in okay shape like the it was kind of beat up and there was tears in the seat and whatnot and he wanted 400 chip for that one so when i got a brand new one for the same <laughs> price i i couldn't argue with it i had to did you tell that guy like hey sorry i, I got a new one for 400 dollars. no you i just, just stopped emailing your, you keep your trashed up seat mm-hmm. i honestly don't know if he ever sold it so um what the rest of, or yeah so now it, i couldn't get to run Last week, I decided it was crunch time, and I no longer go to the gym until my car is done. So I go to work, and I go straight home and start working on my car. I got it running yesterday, ran like crap, and I was really nervous. I went to like extremes. I was really sad, thinking I, the engine's screwed. It's running so bad that this can't be right. We're con- convinced it was only running on two cylinders now, and that the cam angle sensor is bad. So I'm only it's only sending a signal at the one degree instead of both 180 and one degree. So I'm, I ordered a new cam sensor, and hopefully that fixes it. And then you just got to get a tune. Yep. And then I'm not... The rest of the things I got to finish this year are just basically aesthetics. Well, I guess you could argue that they're functional, but not really. I want a splitter in the front and a skid plate, bash plate under my engine. Yeah, that's probably a wise idea. We raced on some pretty rough stuff around well, here. And especially since my um, oil pan is a cast aluminum... Which is a, I understand, Yikes. it's a very stupid Now you're living stupid, that Volkswagen yeah, life. Yeah, it's a very stupid design. Breaking oil pans. But. You're going to know, though, if you do it. Yeah, there's there's no question. Shut that shit off. Keep Real quick. You got an oil pressure gauge, right? Oh, yeah. Ah, we're good. Yeah, you'll be fine. No, no big deal. Yep, so that's where I'm sitting. It was a long, hard winter, but I'm excited for the season. Cool. Car's going to be awesome. It's going to be pretty sweet. It's so be oh, fun. Stupidly uh, the, fast. The internals are well past capable of what I can do. I don't know about the injectors. And then the turbo that I have is capable of 450 horsepower. 
So realistically, I should be sitting around at least four hundred. That's like a legitimate Garrett. Yeah, Garrett ball bearing. Ball bearing, yep. GT two eight seventy one R. That's what up. It's very nice. Killer. Is it my turn? I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, why not? You I'll do my nice. deal. Go. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so the Fiat, nothing really changed on the Fiat. I need an it's alignment. Ready to rock? The, yeah, the 124 should be ready to rock. Um, after I broke it twice last year, I think everything's fixed. So A-arm and the whole front K-member or whatever you want to call that thing got all welded back together by the end of, basically by the end of last season, so I didn't get to run it. Better, stronger, faster? <clears throat> should be. I think so. There's less rust in there, so that's always a plus. <laughs> I mean, it's heavier. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe slower. So as soon as we get that aligned, um, it should be good to go, I think. I took it out on a closed road, of course. Always. It was yeah, a closed road. A, and on a, Safety first, On kids. a track with no one else was around. Ran it out to, I don't know what it was, 80, 90, and it was, it was good. felt good. Brakes, good. brakes need balance, but that's a constant fight with that car. Oh, really? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, left, right, it always wants to do weird shit, so you got to bleed them constantly. So you should probably do that and get in alignment, and, I mean, it's it's good to go. The RX-7, on the other hand, is a lot farther away than that, um, but it's really not too bad. It's just a matter of being diligent and disciplined and getting to work on it every weekend. You've made some big progress on it. Made some big progress. Obviously, the engine's in, the transmission's in, the rear end's in, all the suspension is in except for the sway bars. I need to track down some sway bars of some kind because um, when we bought the car as a roller, it didn't have any sway bars in it. So I think I'll probably, I don't know, I'll get some cheap ones or I'll get some used turbo sway bars just to kind of, because I want to baseline it, you know what I mean? I don't want to buy anything too crazy and then, you know, it screws it. Find out that's not what you wanted. Right, it screws it up and then I got to buy something else. I would just like to have what's stock and then go from there, decide if I need something that's stiffer or bigger or whatever. Um, but let's see what else we need to do. Um, I need to order the rotors and pads, which I have picked out. I just need to get those ordered probably this week so we can do that next weekend. Um, all the engine accessories. So I think I told the story before, but that engine came from a police car, a 95 Caprice yep. police car. Um, it's got the top end from, and the heads from a Trans Am. So it's basically a stock F body motor. Um, and then it's going to have headers, um, you know, cold air intake, all that stuff. So it should make a tiny bit more than a stock F body did in ninety six, ninety seven. So if it makes three twenty five, I'll be, I'll be feeling pretty good so about pretty that. Good, pretty so you're good running horsepower. stock cam and all that? Uh, no. Well, it's it's a stock cam, um, but it's got because it's got rocker arms. You can put a longer rocker arm on it and effectively increase the lift and duration of the cam. So it's kind of like a cheater way to change the cam profile. So we did that. We put 1.6 to 1 rocker arms on it. So is it going to lope? It'll lope a bit, yeah. Perfect. Rub, It'll get a little rub, lope to it. It'll rub, sound good. Rub. And like I said, I'm going to put a really shitty idle tune on it. Cause it <laughs> I love it. He's going to tune it. it ex- explain to the listeners what you're doing. Tune it poorly on purpose. So if you look at, if you look at like older carbureted, you know, non-electronically controlled timing muscle cars, they lope real hard because of the tune. And I think it has to do with, it's either, it's something to do with the timing. It's either retard or advance at idle that causes it to lope. With really big, with high big duration cams. cams. Right. So I got to go back and look through my specs and see what you got to do. But either you advance or you retard the timing at, at idle, and then it makes it lope real hard. So I'm going to do it. I don't really care what it does to the engine. No, it sounds <laughs> awesome. I don't care what anybody says. So I'm good with it. Um, let's see what else. Um, 
put the engine accessories on. We should have all that. I may have to order a new water pump, but obviously that's not a big deal. Um, I've got the spark plugs and the wires, all that stuff for the ignition. All that stuff should be ready to go in. I've got that 6AL box that Adam gave me. We horse traded a carburetor for a ignition box. Is that what we're going with? I don't know. Sure. We swapped some parts, and we don't know who owes what to whom. So, But I'm going to try to put that 6AL box in and get that to work. Uh, what else? make a huge difference. Yeah. Like, when my dad had a drag car, he put one on there. And, like, from not having it to having it, like, you could literally feel a difference with the car idling just standing next to it. You could feel that that MSD box was doing. It's a much better charge. And it's, I think, the 6AL is a multi-spark box, too, isn't it? Yeah. So the nice thing about those multi-spark boxes is that under a certain RPM, uh, it's doing multiple sparks at a time. I don't remember what that number is, but it's, it's fairly low. Yeah. So it's it's just giving you a much better, cleaner charge, and it's consuming basically all of the fuel, the air-fuel mixture, when it charges because of, multiple, because of the multiple sparks. I have multi-spark boxes on both of my vehicles. I really like them. Yeah. They're nice and handy. Uh, what else we got here? Cars it, start a lot easier, too. If yeah. you have a car oh, that's yeah. hard starts, those MS, especially like a high-compression motor or something like that, I bet that would help a lot. Hmm. I need to get a flange that holds the U-joint for the rear differential, which is just some random Mazda part that I need to try to find that nobody makes. Can you go to a dealership, or how are you going to do that? No, I think I found one guy that is still manufacturing them. It's basically just a plate, and then it's got a receptacle for that U-joint on it. And then, obviously, that U-joint connects to the drive shaft. Sounds like a junkyard trip to me. Maybe. Let's do it. I got a junkyard run I need to do, so. I need to find a Turbo 2 in a junkyard, though. That might be hard. That might be a little tricky. We'll find you one. We get you a diesel Cummins turbo. There we go. Anybody knows of a junkyard locally that might have some stuff we're looking for, let us know. You should definitely hit us up. I need first-gen neons, so keep an eye out for that, people. Uh, Splice together the wiring harnesses. So there's a – we've got a Trans Am wiring harness that needs to be spliced into the RX wiring harness. We have a guide for that, so that shouldn't be a big deal. Is that like a lot of wires or just a couple? No, just a few wires, just enough to make – Basically, you've got to get, obviously, the signals from the ECU for the engine management to the engine, to all the sensors, so you got to make that connection. But really, the splice happens between the controls at, you know, in the car, the light controls, the turn signals, all that. you got to splice that into the Firebird or the Trans Am harness and make all that Gauges, work. Gauges, that sort of thing. Yep, yep. So it's really not too bad. There's not too many wires to splice in. And the nice thing about Granny Speed, who made the kit to do the swap, They've got a guide that shows you, you know, you just look for these wires or these colors, cut them here, and then splice them into these wires in the in the RX-7 harness. So oh, nice. not bad at all. You, um, you have, Robbie, didn't you have a wiring harness issue with your car? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't want to bash them because they've done really well by me, but I bought a brand new wiring harness and just tried to use that, and it changed way too much. My voltages, even on my, like, TPS, were dramatically different, like... With the OEM one that was actually done by them originally, they just changed the connectors and made it so it was a swapped type. So I guess the SR20 to the 240SX. Um, just, uh, my voltage on my TPS right now sits at, say it's closed, it sits at 0.4 volts. And when it's wide open, it's like 4.5 volts. When I put the new harness in, it was low, or when it was closed, it was at 1, one volt. And then when it was wide open, it was a full 5. And it just that changed a lot of things knowing the resistances were different and I don't know I could not get it to f- communicate with my ECU 
So I just decided to not use it. Have you contacted them? Yeah, they told they told me it was my ECU. Oh, and then 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 when I called AEM, they told me it was a harness. That sounds like pretty standard. Yep. So I pulled the pulled the new harness all the way back out, uh, put the old harness back in, and now it runs. Well, sort of closer. (laughs) Let's see what else. No, you're fine. Um, So I need to get a bracket solution for the seats, those Corbo seats. Uh, so do you have the factory rails and all that? I have the factory rails, and the nice thing about the factory rails is that they're flat. So the connection point for the seat, so basically where the bracket connects to the stock seat, is flat. So you could just buy some flat plate steel, drill some holes in it, weld it to the factory, or bolt it back into the factory rails and put your seats in. Right, you? yeah, and it would save me like 250 bucks. Because you need adjustability, right? You and your dad don't have the same driving position? No, no. And I, I don't know. I, I don't like bolting seats to the... Yeah, I, I wish I could move yeah. the Omni. It'd be nice. Yeah, I just like having that adjustability. You never know. Right. It's just nice to be able but to move them. So. That's what I had to do with It's just fun to let someone else drive your car here and there. Right. Yeah, so I, I can I can adjust the Corsa in the driver's seat, but the Evo is Evo 3 is... The passenger it. seat wouldn't be so bad. No, I don't it, care about the Nobody cares about the passenger seat. So that's much. why I just put it as far back. Well, not as far back, but basically as a ways back and in a nice, comfortable position and call it a day. The other thing I have to figure out is some sort of front aero solution. So it's bizarre, you know, that RX-7 is not a big car, but the engine sits way back. I mean, it sits way back by the firewall, and it's it's all that weight is either on that front axle, you know, point or back, which is pretty amazing. So is it nearly mid-engine, then? It's pretty close to mid-engine. Yeah, you'll have to look at it when it's That's together. That's you're su- it's surprisingly far back towards the firewall, and there's a lot of space in the front. And my concern is I would like to run some sort of under tray slash front arrow solution so that, you know, mud and water and all kinds of shit isn't flipping up onto the front of the engine. Well, and, I mean, not at autocross speeds, but on track days and stuff like that, air getting caught up underneath the hood like that is, I yeah. mean, not it creates lift, it creates drag, both things we don't want. Right. So, um that should be pretty easy. As you and I talked about, Alumalite makes a. I mean, what is it exactly? It's so like Alumalite a, is like this honeycomb cord uh, aluminum panels, and it's it's very light. I think it's very similar to what they make street signs out of. Um, that makes sense. Because they talk about on on their website, they they talk about how it has like a, a wind load rating. Oh yeah, like if it's vertical for street signs and um but a lot of a lot of pro or a lot of high level time attack guys who don't quite have the budget to make everything carbon fiber molds and shit like that will use aluminite for you know flat panels under right. trays splitters uh maybe some of the wide body stuff and then fill the rest in with with fiberglass. And so uh, I like the idea of using Alumalite better than I know some of our local guys have built their splitters out of ABS plastic and even plywood. I don't like plywood because it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. And ABS, when it when you hit something with it, it's just going to crack. It's going to break. Oh, yeah. This Alumalite, I, from, bang it from up the way bit. it looks like, I think it's going to flex a little more. So, you know, when you're street driving this car, if it drags a little bit, it, it is what it is. It'll flex. It'll bend. It's... And it's not terribly expensive. It's fairly light. I think it's the way to go. So I'll build some sort of front splitter slash under tray for the front of the car to get the to get the air flowing underneath the car as opposed to, you know, ballooning Through up it. underneath the engine. Yeah. So that'll be good. 
And then I think it's really just a matter of uh, getting some tires, getting them mounted. Pray to God that the front tires don't rub on the fenders because there's a surprisingly small amount of space up there for tires. Chaz bought a fender roller, and he seems to have every intention of, of I, I you to, and Robbie both using yeah, it. I talked to him this morning about it. He said he could bring it down today if I wanted it. I'm going like, to I'm gonna have to roll. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to roll because the 255s that are on it are like a fat 255. They're nittos, and I don't remember exactly what nittos they are, but they are wide. And so I'm going to go to a 245 and an RS3, and I'm hoping that that's going to tuck under there at least a little bit. That'll be a good tire. You're planning on running 200 treads on those? I think I'm just going to run 200 treads exclusively for now. I'm, I'm going to look out and see if I can find any sort of Hoosier takeoff, but I think chances are. Well, you were talking about you may be pushing the edge of what that what your stock axle can handle. Yeah, I've been told that. Um, Jesus Christ, It's Adam. Chaz. Jeez, Adam. <laughs> Should I answer and be like, dude, we're recording podcast? Amateur hour, Let's letting your you, phone you ring during a podcast. <laughs> Are your ears Jeez. burning? Jeez. So I don't think that those axles will take more than 350 horsepower. At least that's what I've what the internet forums are telling me. So um, I don't want to, you know, put a slick on the back and then launch it and ruin that. Twist them. Yeah. So at least for this year, I think you know a 200 tread wear. I won't worry about changing out tires. I can drive it to the track. It'll be pretty good grip. You know, just kind of explore what the car is going to do because it's an all new car that I've never driven and. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to feel like, so this will be a good baseline, and then I can decide, okay, do I want to put a slick on it? Do I want to put wide body on it to try to get some more tire under it? You know, and then kind of go from there. So I had the RS3s last year. I mean, granted, I had a 7-inch wide tire, so I didn't have near as much near as much grip as you will with yours, but it was a good tire. It ran all year, all season with no problems, and I, I still have a lot of tread left, so a lot of people, A lot of people now. run RS3s, and a lot of people race on RS3s. So I think there's a faster tire... Obviously, right. Excuse me. There's a faster two hundred. There's one or two faster two hundred treads, but they don't last nearly as long. Yeah, and they cost and, twice as much. And they cost yeah. a lot more. And and I think you know if you aren't planning on being at the pointy end of of whatever class you're in, which you won't be, not next prepared. No. No. I mean, well, locally you might be because you you might be basically the only person in that class. But you know, I, uh, if if these were nationally competitive cars. You know that's probably not the right tire, but but if you're just a guy who wants to drive the car, enjoy the car, take it to races, maybe take it to a couple of track days, those are a good tire that you can make most of, if not all of a season with, and that's probably the right way to do it. Right. So hoping that uh, it gets done by me. And if things go well, you might be able to to scratch out tire budget. Yeah. Thanks to good guys. Yeah. Because uh, the winner of their All American Sunday here in Des Moines every year, uh, which is a 200 treadwear class, nice. Uh, the winner of that class gets free tires. Nice. From I don't remember who makes them, but they make a 200 treadwear. I know that much. So cool. Free set of tires. Not going to turn it down. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, if I would have been on 200 treadwears last year, and I don't know how much slower I may or may not have been with those, but I would have handily won that class with if I'd had. Similar times with 200 treads on my Omni, so I really don't see why you wouldn't have a good, solid chance at pulling it off. Yeah. All right, Adam, it's your turn. All right, so uh, we've talked about my blower multiple times in the past, but unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen this year. Uh, I wanted to get it going, but then I found out that my suspension is shot. Uh, the front passenger side shock 
it, I'm pretty sure has no fluid left in it. Well, didn't you? Yeah, so didn't you pull it apart just the other day? Or yeah. What, so what happened there? I wasn't really. So before I bought the blower, my intention this year was to uh, was to buy all new suspension. Yes. Uh, but then my that blower popped up, and I was like, "Oh, I'd you have much rather it. have that." You know, my suspension will make it one more year. No big deal. <laughs> well, so I decided. I wanted to find out if I could get them shock dynoed and just find out if they were good or bad. That way I could start planning on, on what I was going to do about them. And I also don't know if if they've been re, uh, revalved or not, right. if they're factory valves. The front has these, they're called, or it's manufactured by a company called Carrera, who no longer exists. And they're actually, a, the coil over on the front is a Mopar performance part. And then the co- the coilover setup on the back is some single adjustable Coney Reds and some homemade coilover mounts and perches. And they're not adjustable. I can't raise or lower the back in any way. They just are what they are. Uh, the only thing I can do is, is the adjustment of the rebound compression rate on the shock. And then the fronts are not adjustable at all with that. I can only raise them up and down. So the front I can raise up and down. I can't raise the back up and down. But then the back I can change rebound and compression, but I can't do that on the front. So Not ideal. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, I found out there's a local shop that charges $10 a shock to shock dyno. And I was like, 40 bucks. that's worth just knowing, right? So I was going to spend the money on it, and I was going to uh, just see where I'm at. I didn't really plan on replacing them, so I pulled them off and then found out that that one is shot to the point where you can slide the shaft in and out of that shock with zero resistance. There's nothing there, and the outside of that shock was coated in grease, which I assume was the fluid at yeah, one so point, it leaked out. whereas the rest of them were clean. So now all of a sudden, suspension has become my primary concern, and so what money I needed to finish the supercharger probably won't come at least by the beginning of the season, because that money is going to have to go into the suspension setup instead. So I've been emailing back and forth with a guy who is a BC coilover uh, rep, and he makes adapter plates to fit SRT4 and first-gen Neon, for that matter, but uh, the setup I'm buying will be SRT4 um, coilovers onto my uh, onto my Omni. There's a there's a plate on the top that the uh, that the caster camber uh, plate bolts into, and then that bolts into the factory location on my car. And then there's a spacer that goes around the bottom of the shock and goes into the spindle, and you just zip that down together. And then in the back, my car uses a 10-millimeter bolt, and these newer cars use a 12-millimeter bolt, so he has a 2-millimeter spacer that slides inside of the inside of the bottom of the shock and then you just bolt it back into place and off you go nice. uh the top of them are are the same bolt pattern the same size there's no change to be made there so the top is real easy they just bolt right in <clears throat> and uh, i'm looking at buying probably the er line of bc which is their top of the line it is a uh, inverted monotube it's 30 way adjustable which is Probably twenty eight more ways than I really need, frankly. But it's two two less than mine. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I only do the like one. Yeah. Well uh I was doing some research on them. There's a lot of people out there uh that have a lot of very good things to say about that line of coilover. They're very expensive, so I would hope they're pretty good. Yeah. I'm not super they're not, you know, 
five thousand dollar setups, but with the adapters, I'm looking at about twenty two fifty. So it's not cheap either. No. But some people, or there's a lot of people that said uh, they're really good. They're very, you know, they're they they feel good. They 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 helped the car. They made them better handling. Uh, and they were also smoother than factory. And that was, you know, people with Subarus and stuff like that saying that they were their ride improved on top of their handling. So I'm not going to be mad about that either because my car was one of the worst cars you've ever ridden in. Right. <laughs> and that'd be nice, too, because, like, with mine, when you put it on track setting, it's as stiff as, as being completely rigid. And then if you go all the way soft, it's perfectly comfortable on, the, on highway driving. Yeah. So, Granted, you don't want to take a big bump with it, but still. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's cool about these is no matter how far down you go with the coilover setup, you don't lose any shock travel. Oh, wow. Because with the inverted monotube setup, it's a very short shock. And so uh, even at full drop, I get the same amount of suspension travel as I would at full extension or at full height, right. which, which is cool. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to lower the car probably any farther than it was because I would actually hurt the handling of it, and it's not a stance ride. But it's cool to be able to you know that they can do that. That I can go farther down if I ever was able to figure out like a tubular control arm setup, so I could change my roll centers and and bring the car down a little farther, which I would like to do. Right. So, but then uh, I'm hoping by mid season I'll get the blower running. I haven't abandoned it. No worries. Yeah. Uh, and, and with the suspension and the baby, we kind of we we don't want to admit it. We understand that your budget changes a little bit. Yeah. So I'm having a baby, as most of you probably know. having a baby very soon. Yeah. Like, uh, within two like weeks. A, a week from Monday, if he doesn't decide he needs to come earlier, which uh, he's dropped already. Apparently, that's something. That's a thing. I that have happens. no idea what that means. I for don't sure. either. <laughs> Let's go with it. But uh, so there's a small chance that he may decide he's ready to come out earlier. And, uh, Kitty told me last or this morning that last night while I was sound asleep, cause I don't wake up for anything. She was sitting in the living room, bouncing up and down on this like yoga ball thing she has because she just wants the baby out of her already. <laughs> this podcast is taking a weird turn. Very. <laughs> and I quote, I, I just want this thing out of me, <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately life sometimes get in the way of racing. Well, then you, you, I guess we kind of mentioned it, but you had plans for splitters and whatnot, too. Yeah, I want to build. I mean, this isn't super high on my list of things to do, but I would like to get the front splitter and, and maybe some of the under under tray starting started going. Uh, nice thing is that's a, I mean, it's a relatively cheap mod. As we said, that Illuminolite product is not very expensive, and you can do it whenever, you know. Chaz wants to order some of that Illuminolite as well, and I think we might try and get a few of us to go in on it. If you buy, you know, four or five sheets it's cheaper per sheet and we can all save ourselves on some shipping because i haven't found a local place to get it so i'm sure it's not cheap to ship either because it's awkward you know yeah it's like uh, shipping a piece of osb right they have different sizes but essentially it's shipping a four foot by eight foot sheet of plywood yep that's about a half an inch tall yeah and you don't it can't flex or bend because it'll crease yeah so you know they can't fold it in half and then you're i guess you're between the three of us, I think you're probably going to have the most aggressive splitter. Like, Do you have a dimension or anything in mind? I don't yet. Whatever I think I can get away with without being like losing the ability to get into my own driveway. Makes sense. Yeah, but like, I probably I was... will continue back like 
or like uh, Michael was talking about, by the strictest SECA rule, you can't go past the center line of the front axle with an under tray. Oh, oh right. But I don't really care, so I might extend that even farther back, and I might might make a nearly full flat floor that folds out, or that goes out into a rear diffuser. That'd be neat. at some point. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's not hugely high on my list of things to do, but I do have some ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, my exhaust dumps out right behind. The, oh, the driver's about, seat. I forgot about that. <laughs> and so, because um, that's where it has to go. That's all the farther it's required to go back by SCCA law. So my, my exhaust is literally my 4-to-1 long tube header, a um, it's called a turbo-style muffler, and then like a 45-degree downward tip. And that's it. There's a flex pipe in the middle. That's it. I mean, the whole thing is like three foot long. Wow. Real short. Not, not a whole lot going on there. But uh, I've considered... The end of that being the beginning for the for the rear diffuser. Yep. Because back in the day when Formula One wasn't a bunch of you know haters, well, yeah, and things you know you could do cool things in Formula One. <laughs> uh, one of the things they were doing was exhaust driven diffusers. They have the the exhaust outlet of the car is. Uh, at the in or at the beginning of your diffuser, and that accelerated exhaust gas will help pull the air out from underneath the car and increase the diffuser's um, effectiveness at low speeds. And that's now outlawed in F1, and for no other reason than that, I want it on my car because I want to be able to say, "Yeah, I have outlawed Formula One tech on my car, my 1984 Dodge Omni." I like it a lot, like yeah. more more than I should probably it's, it's pretty rad but yeah see because i was i was talking to michael last night or the other night about my splitter because you guys are going to Lumilite and i'm they make a duraflex pre-made splitter that kind of will fit perfectly under my car it's rounded and it's like 65 inches wide by 18 inches long so if i measure it out and if you go 18 inches from the bottom of my radiator to the front it sticks out like maybe six inches from the bottom of my bumper it's Almost think, too perfect not to I do it. I think that's about all the farther you really want to go out in front Agreed. Of it. So I'm, I'm probably going to go that route, even though the Illumilite would probably be a little cheaper and easier. Well, not easier, but it'd be you know, convenient to just order it all with you guys. But yeah. I don't have a lot of overhang on my car like you do because right. you have more of a nose than I do. Yes. And so without so much overhang from the front, I can probably get away with a little bit longer front splitter because my wheels will start to bring my car up sooner. Mm-hmm. These are things I learned when I had a body kit on, yes. on my yes. Cavalier. <laughs> so I think I could probably get away with more of a splitter than the rest of us. I would think so. Yeah, I'm sure that somebody makes an RX-7 splitter, but I don't know. I, because of the where that engine sits and what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm going to have to make something myself. So. Yeah. Because it's got to go back a lot farther than 18 inches, like Robbie said. It's got to go back basically to the front of the engine, which is where the, the front cross member is. So. Long Anchor Racing Products makes some some adjustable supports that I was going to buy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about, three too. or four of. I haven't decided yeah. how many my car needs yet. Um, that I'll probably use to go you know from halfway up the bumper down to the... To the splitter itself, and because tie race that car, all in. it's a very yeah, race car. Sure. <laughs> so well, sweet. and you need you need to stiffen that all up. The yeah, more it do. moves, the less effective it becomes. So yeah, definitely. All right, is that it? That all we got for this uh, season, off season rather? Yeah, I don't think I got a whole lot else. Um, move my battery. Yeah, that wasn't really all that exciting. No, not a big deal. Uh, Michael was kind of, or Michael and his dad were kind enough to give me a Moroso sealed battery box to go in my car. It was really a gift for your child. I'm good with that. Whatever. So he's not rolling around in the back of the Omni with you know all the potential noxious noxious fumes. Half a year old. 
Um, really loud car to put a baby in. Nah, he'll be alright. Put some headphones on him. Yeah, that's what I keep earmuffs. No, he'll be fine. It's a four door. It's a family cruiser. (laughs) It's a family car. (laughs) My grandparents used to have one of those, and it was like a family car. It's essentially the perfect family car because you can baby with it. Yeah, it's small, and you can take it to the racetrack. Fast ish. It could be economical. (laughs) It used to get really good gas. It doesn't anymore. (laughs) Dual Weber's turns out not the greatest idea for gas mileage. I think that car averages like mid teens. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Details not important. Um. All right. Well, we're at an hour. We've been trucking along here. Um. We were going to talk about events. I think we should go real quick through. Let's go through some events. There's just a couple of events I think would be kind of fun to talk about. We hit hit on, let's talk about good guys because we hit on that already. So good guys is July 4th weekend and I think July 4th is a Monday this time July 4th is a Monday this year but I checked the schedule and it is Friday, Saturday, Sunday as always. So if you have a, so if you have a car that's 1972 or older, you can get in to good guys. Monday through Sunday. All Friday through Sunday. Friday, th- Friday through Sunday. Friday through Sunday, sorry. Um, it's usually like 65 or $70, but you get two tickets for the whole weekend, so that, that pays for that, and you get kids' passes if you got kids. Yeah. Um, but if you have something that is American-powered... American-built so or American-powered. So I can bring the RX-7, and obviously... Because it has a V8 in it, a GM-built V8. And obviously Adam can bring the Omni, even though it's an 84. Because despite the fact that Michael wants to tell me it's Italian, it's not. <laughs> it's Italian now. It wasn't when it was new, but that's not the point. And I am I am left <laughs> out. That's with only the, uh, on Sunday. I can sit with the spectators. Robbie can come hang out. Yeah, the thing is, Robbie's though, going to come. Yeah, there. we're going to have like six cars registered there, so we're going to have tons of free tickets. Yeah, my parents always register a car. Oh, nice. His family registers two cars. We'll have I'll three have cars a car register. Nice. So if you want to do All-American Sunday, it's like 30 bucks or something like that. And I think you get the same deal. Obviously, you only get two passes for that one day. but Yeah, it's the same deal. Yeah. So it's definitely cool. That's something we're looking forward to. They do an autocross. It's a little bit different than SECA. The whole thing's marked out. It's different than our SECA region, I should say. The whole course is marked out with chalk or paint or something. I, I really a lot like more, that. They use a lot more cones than, than most SECA guys uses. Yeah, it's very... It's quite- it's very well easy out. to navigate, I guess. Yeah, well, they, you don't get a chance to walk it at all. But you can just run and run and run and run and run. Yeah, now. you can run and run and run. And uh, the autocross is covered in your in your entry fee for yep. everybody. Yep. So you don't, like, a lot of people will show up, they'll pay for the entry fee, they'll come in, they'll park their car, they'll walk around, they'll come up across the autocross and they'll go, oh, this looks like fun, and they'll run their car. And it's, I mean, there's been... Dreadful slow. Yeah, there's been one-ton Ford pickups, like, it's trucks hilarious. on there. There's been people in their 55 Chevy Nomads on there. Just It's probably one of the few places you can go and watch somebody roll coal during an autocross. It's hilarious. It's quite a deal. It's fun. It's good stuff. Uh, what's You're looking at the calendar, Robbie. I got the calendar in front what's of me. What's the NQS dates? Uh, Do you have those? I don't have them all. I First just, one's like, look them up. May 21st, I think. I have, a, I have a screenshot of there. Yeah, you probably do So that. NQS is a Mustang modification company. It's May 21 they're, they're is their shop. first one. They're a shop. Um, they're not associated with the Mustang Club of Iowa, but they but rent... They're all members of it. They rent the Marshalltown go-kart track four times a year. Um, they're about the only organization that does it anymore. Yeah, Reg- the Porsche Club gets it, but they only get it once a year. Yeah. So they do that. They'll do we that. always look forward to that one. It's just it's just fun. It's May, June, July, August. It's a good place there's to no, see if you've made improvements on your car. There's no course working, so you just get to hang out with your buddies the whole day. You're not 
on the track than in the staging lanes and on the track than in the staging lanes like like an autocross uh it's the only track that we get a race on locally that doesn't change so you can use it as a as a benchmark yeah yeah and that's nice yep uh the may the dates are may 21st june 25th july 23rd and august 13th and i would suggest on that one as well if you've never done an autocross but you want to get into it that's the first one that i ever did and you don't have to worry about navigating cones you just have to stay on the pavement so yep. same here that was the easy, easiest way to get into it and it's really a understand good place what you're doing. to go and kind of get a feel for driving your car at the way we do yep. because even though you're only doing you know 45 50 miles an hour it comes stuff comes at you a lot faster than you think it will yeah yep. it's a lot of fun it's yep. honestly a fun little track it's got some elevation changes uh it's got some real tight corners it's it's good time all right i got i'm gonna list off a handful that i got kind of starred on my calendar a lot of them are kind of wish list things uh, like the big events i do want to go to the indy 500 it's the 100th uh, running of it, it'd be really cool to spend the weekend there. Maybe write articles, do something about the podcast. Um, obviously, that's kind of wishful thinking. Same with the uh, Iowa Corn 300. I'd like to do the back behind the scenes pass that's stuff here. like that. That's like, that's at the yeah, Iowa Speedway, thirty minutes down the road. And then in October, the the only American Formula One race is in Austin, Texas, and that's kind of my dream vacation this year. What's the date on that? It is October. I want to say in the twenties. Hold on, I'm not twenty uh, third October twenty third. Is that the race was on Sunday? And I think they only run that every two years. Nope, every year. It is every year. It was there here last year too. Thought they swapped that out with the Canadian Grand Prix. No, it was there last year. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. And then uh, I guess some notes or some fun things that we're doing this year. We have a supercar autocross that we purchased in May. I'm still oh, on the. Fe- yeah. I am still on the fence on how cool or lame this will be. I if, forgot if, all if, about that. If they're we're all drive supercars, yeah. If they're all like dialed down and like safetyed out, and we can only casually drive them around the parking lot, I'm gonna flip a table. I watched some of the videos, and and they seem to let you get as hard and fast as you want to go. Well, then, good. I'm looking forward to that even more now. Um, I don't know that they're gonna let us shut off the traction control and yeah, and no, just I'm sure them out. Not. Lay rubber down and. And drive with the tail end it out and opposite locking the whole time, but we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, I'm excited for basically every autocross. I'm not going to list every single one off because that's pointless. I think some of the highlights we got um, Iowa region races at Hawkeye Downs and Cedar Rapids every year. That's a really cool one because it's there's a mild bank to it, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. And I still have not raced on it. It's on I'm it's on a to. track, but they've added some cones to try yeah, to slow it down a little it's bit. A, uh, it's a paved oval. They race there a lot with uh, an internal. Track yeah, so it's it. got like a small area in the middle, and and it's it's a lot of fun. I think I haven't yeah. been able to get there yet either. Okay, but uh, it's one of the big ones. I think everybody likes to go to. The only bummer about that event is that if it rains, they got to shut it down. Yep, and that's yeah. why we missed it last year. You know, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't. So I run. I run a full slick. So if it rains, I pretty much don't race anyway. So that doesn't really bother me. Yep, and then the last two, or th- yeah, the. Two shows I'm looking forward to. I always, I still to this day, I enjoy hot import nights, so I'm going to try to make it to Chicago or Minneapolis or both. That's the ricer bleeding through. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter. Still love it. And then the be-all, end-all of things I'm excited about this year is the Grid Life racing event at South Haven, Michigan. It is going to be hands Grid down life. the best. Grid Life looks sick. Best, it's going to be. Best weekend so we're sweet. going. There's drifting there's time attack they, they're talking there's about potentially show, having everything. the biggest time attack grid in north american history it's uh, a, i was told that there is going to be everything from old slow volkswagens to tube chassis purpose-built pikes peak cars 
and they do the whole kind of point of grid life is that it's a music event as well. So yeah, it's kind of like a concerts. music festival at a racetrack with racing. It's yes. crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you got a lot of stuff going on for three straight days. It's going to be a hell it's of a deal. It's going to be sweet. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, Proving Grounds does it. Or yeah, that's the following Matt week. Matt Performance does a does something in in Brainerd called Proving Grounds. It's very similar. So there's a lot of cool stuff that's yeah, happening. This, this will year. be a very fun year when it comes to it's autocross gonna be a great racing. Year. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a long year. Yeah, it. it'll be good. I'm pretty excited about it. Should we move on to the news? Let's, Let's talk about some Let's news. Let's talk about the news and how screwed I am. I think this was a pretty slow week of news, but... We got some okay stuff. Whatever. No, nothing Adam was not at all impressed by the Geneva Auto Show, apparently. Yeah. Well, Mostly so because it's all unobtainable cars. That's my big thing about that's it. That's not true. There's cars that I don't ever, I'm never going to touch. There's one car there that I'm going to have to buy. The Fiat 124? I have to get a 124 Abarth, yeah. Uh, and I don't care if the, that's how you say it or not. I say it Abarth. The Fiat Abarth 124 Spider is the best Miata you can buy. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I was a little disappointed in it because it's only a 10-horsepower bump. And that's kind of a slap to the face. We were hoping that it was going to get the Alfa Romeo 1.7 liter turbo from the 4C, but that may have been a lot to ask in retrospect. Yeah, that's I lot. understand that, but even... You're talking about a, a car, an engine that comes in a $65,000 car in a effectively a Miata. That's a lot to ask. It is. It was a lot. That doesn't mean we can't do it. No. Nope. Swap what's, kits galore. What's the cost of a new Miata? Are they in the 20s? <laughs> I, know, I realize you're, I'm asking looked. people that never looked, but... It's like twenty two thousand, let's okay. say. You well, can get you can you can spend over thirty thousand dollars on a Miata. Right. Let's well, say then that I, I think the new Miata is very similar to the thing we described with the Porsches last week, where the base model Miata is not the one that anyone's going to want, and you have to buy. You know, you, Thank you. Twenty four thousand. You have to buy the limited slip. You have to buy the better brakes. You have to buy the better suspension. And next thing you know, you've got thirty thousand dollars wrapped up well, in a Miata. See, so here's the thing. So because I was trying to figure out what this car is going to cost me when it comes out in a year and a half or whatever, I did go to Mazda's website and I did price a Miata with. You can get the same suspension setup and the LSD for the Miata. Obviously not turbocharged. And if you do that. And otherwise, it's a base model. You know, it's it's not the base model, but it, you don't have any other options on it. Let's say it's about twenty eight thousand dollars. So, how much power does the Miata currently make? One hundred and fifty five horsepower. So we're looking at like thirty horse more. You're looking 40? at one seventy, no. but no, you're looking because at the American version's dialed down because of emissions and shit. It's only like one hundred and sixty. No, that's yeah, not, it is. That's not it's true. On this, it's on this page right here. That's not true. I don't think he's right. I don't what? think he's right either. Actually, so, I thought that they would the result is a 170 horsepower rear wheel drive, and then one should make around 160 horsepower because of weird American regulations, but will retain the improved suspension, brakes, exhaust, and maybe even the wacky body panels. So 10 horse over a Miata. Yeah, but the stock not, 124 makes 160 though. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that source. And is. And then good. this this source also says that it costs 40,000 pounds, which is in American dollars today. Fifty-seven thousand dollars. What are you reading off of? Did you find the most I, random source on the internet? No, for I just this found this, just, this article. Backwater things. And I don't yeah, know. I don't think that any of that information is true. But well, anyway, well, you tell me what it costs. Moving on. Um, You're bringing him down, Rob. I don't know what it's going to cost. It's way overpriced. It's. I don't know what it's going to cost. It's probably. I'm going to guess it's going to cost. If you want one without any options, it's going to be thirty-two thousand dollars. That's my guess. It makes more sense. But than how many what options? That's the Abarth. That's the Abarth. Thirty grand with for the Abarth, Abarth package. Yep. See, I feel like that can't be because I would think that the one two four should start pretty close to that. No, because I, it's going to be more expensive than a Miata. Yeah, but you can get a, a Miata for twenty four base. I think you're going to pay two, three, four grand 
for the 124 over the Miata. So we're at 28. I would think and then that you're going to pay another Mazda four grand. would want them to cost more than that, or else they aren't going to sell any Miatas, except for brand loyalists. Maybe I don't know, but twenty four thousand dollars versus thirty two thousand dollars is a huge price difference. I guess. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. We this don't. It's all know. speculation because yeah. the prices aren't out on these. Yet. No, it says to be determined, and then the article said that they were. Claiming 40,000 pounds. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, uh, I don't know. That's the other thing. You can't... Autoblog does this all the time and it pisses me off. You cannot take somebody else's currency and what it costs and convert it into U.S. dollars and have that be the price of the car. I see that all the time. Yep. It, it doesn't never work that way. works that way. So, please, automotive journalists, stop doing that. Right. It is so I, I would have a very hard time believing that that was a $56,000 car. Yeah. There's just no way. Because why wouldn't you it spend another... Any of those. Why wouldn't you spend another eight grand and get a 4C? For sure, exactly. There's so many better cars in the sixty or fifty-five thousand dollars range. Yep. You so can we'll have a Corvette see. for fifty-five thousand. Yeah, I think. Yeah, not base model Corvette. Just get that. I don't know. All we'll, day. We'll see if it. There was a rumor that it potentially could make a few more horsepower here in the U.S. That was what I read too. And it's it could potentially be right around thirty thousand dollars, and it may be a car that I have to buy, just because. Just for the sake There's of There's a lot of cars that you have to buy. There's let's, let's list this out real quick. We've got the Abarth. Yep. You're you need to buy this Buick. Yeah, the I don't even know what it's called anymore. But the, the, the Avista. The, the Avista. The GNX. It's a GNX. It's a GNX. The it's Buick GNX. GNX, the new one. Yep. Yeah. And then you also need to buy a Julia. Yeah, I need a Julia. Yep, I do. And I mean there's I mean we're looking at hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of cars there. This podcast better take off then. Yeah, we better, we, better, we better get a lot <laughs> of sponsors expensive here. lifestyle. It's not my fault. Or or if if FCA would like to sponsor us and get us a Hellcat and a Julia. I'm just saying, if anybody, Barth, if anybody listens to, to us talk about the 4C in, in the Chicago Auto Show episode, they, they would want to buy a 4C as well. So I don't – they should – Someone should be paying us for such great <laughs> advertising. Sergio, give me a call. We'll get it figured out. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else we got? Want to say? They're making a sedan. They're potentially making a sedan. Oh, really? I heard yeah. they're yeah potentially making a sedan, which should be cool. When they make it, I'm changing my good my rich guy daily. Just yeah, saying. your million dollars. You, you almost sedan. can't. You almost you almost can't not have it. Right. Yeah, I have your to rich guy that. daily. Yeah, because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be the best four-door car on the planet. I think there's still a ways away from it coming out. I, I don't know. When I read the article that said that potentially maybe they were going to make it, it was very vague. So Yeah. Well, we, we're not, uh, we haven't seen any pictures or anything like that. They're also talking about Bugatti's sedan that they've been teasing us with for years, and I don't really care about it. Yeah, no one really cares about Bugatti. Nope. But super rich rappers care about Bugatti. That's about it. The car they came out with at the Geneva show was the Regera. And that's really going to come out. That was more of the production ready come out, but it's they debuted that car last year. Oh, really? Yeah, it's going to be two million dollars. And Christian von Koenigsegg thinks it's their practical luxury hypercar, or mega car, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> a practical, yeah, like a practical a, let's thousand let's horsepower. Throw and by practical, practical he means it goes from zero to two hundred and fifty miles an hour in twenty seconds. Yes. Yeah, that's practicality. Out of and control. Finest. Out of control. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of the See, be all end what he's all saying is supercars. is that it's practical in the sense that you'll never be late for work. You know that is a good point. If you're running late for work and you have to make, if you're a multi billionaire and you're running late for work and you have to decide, am I going to take 
the Ferrari FF today or the Lamborghini you've, or no, I'm going to take the Koenigsegg because I have to do 250 you've miles You've made your billions <laughs> and then the government has come in and, and realized that however it was that you made them is probably illegal. And so now you're being, you know, you, you've got... You have to flee the country. You've got to go to court and defend your way of life, and you don't want to be late for that because that looks bad. I think what you're doing is fleeing the country because no one's going to catch you. Well, you you can do that too. I would flee the country. Either way, you're going to be the fastest guy doing it. Yep, absolutely. That's got that crazy uh, single-gear, whatever, transmission. Torque converter thing. Yeah, it's so confusing. I don't get it, and I don't know that we should even talk too much about it because it's very confusing all so in the simplest form all it is is it's there's electric motors and they work below 30 miles an hour and then there's a there's a hydraulic coupling between the engine and the differential and basically there's no gears so as you know in a car as you're speeding up you have to change gears right so because you don't have any gears you've got this viscous coupling in the middle and as you start to speed up using the electric motors that all sudden locks up and the engine is directly driving the rear differential. Right, and then it's like gear ratio is like, what, 2.7 to 1 or something crazy? Yeah, yep. So basically at very low speeds, you're just using the electric motors, even though the the engine is running. So it's eco-friendly. Well, the engine's yeah. running, though. <laughs> the engine's just sitting there running. Yeah, but when it idles, no it doesn't use that much. That's true. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure gas mileage is their concern. But anyway, go online. I'm just here to save the planet. It gets like... 10 miles to the gallon. Stop it, <laughs> We should post a bit. There's a video of Christian von Koenigsegg explaining it. He can explain There's it There's a better. video of him accelerating in it, and that's literally all it does. Maddening. It's just... It's like, it a, doesn't, it's like the Hayabusa of it cars. It doesn't hesitate. Yeah. It doesn't think about what it's going to do. It just does it. Yeah, it's insane. And it, it pulls all the way to the end. And that's the, that's the whole point. And the other cool thing about it is, I don't know if you read this or not, but it actually makes... Over eighteen hundred horsepower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but because of the way that he's got it set up with, and that's between three electric motors and the one gas-powered the, motor. Yeah, and because at, at one given time, at its max horsepower output, it's only fifteen hundred. But if you were to take the collective potential horsepower of all of the motors, it would be eighteen hundred. Oh god, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's so it's, good. It's so cool. So it, good. It looks gorgeous. So when I saw the pictures of it, I wasn't really sure, but I watched the videos that Koenigsegg posted. It's gorgeous the interior is oh, gorgeous a good looking car car's gorgeous it's not overstyled. they've never done anything wrong in my book the I'm, one i'm the definitely one. changing my my hypercar to that because it's so much better the pagani is awesome but it's sometimes it's too much yes. that is perfect uh I'd, christian von conig said if you want to do podcast things let us know <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> he is maybe the most brilliant person alive right he now. He has the greatest name ever. Christian really von Koenigsegg. He, he should be an evil... Like, he if, sounds like a Bond villain. If this was a movie, he'd be the bad guy for yeah, sure. Definitely. And he's got the shaved head. I'm sure he's got cats. I bet he just sits oh, in his just office a chair cat. just petting can, a cat. Him and I can bond on our cats. I bet, he does. I bet oh. he does. He could tell you about his camless oh, engine that for some reason is never coming out. Yeah. I'm check all about check that out. If you don't does. know about that, look up you know camless Koenigsegg sob thing. The one thing I don't understand is why they have this, like, car show, open the hood, open the trunk, or the whatever you want to call the bed, and then open the doors, and then just kind of transformer thing it does. You push a button. Car show mode? It's so stupid. Dude, it's a riser thing. You should love it. I hate it. Ah. Use use it all the time. Use it all the time. Why would you open all those things at once? Well, no, it's just that on the dash, the Apple CarPlay thing, it's got an arrangement of buttons that you can open either door or the the trunk. They have a car show mode where you push the button and it opens everything that can be opened on that car simultaneously. Mm 
It's I don't. It's a little gimmicky. And, it's yeah, pretty it's cool. It's a little gimmicky, gimmicky for a guy. That Those doors are do freaking things. awesome. They are. I'm not gonna, I'm Have not... you seen them work? <laughs> yeah. They they move out like ten inches. It's yeah, crazy. And then they rotate. Oh, it's so degrees. beautiful. So cool. Mm-hmm. Have you seen somebody get in it? No. Yeah. Oh, watch. We need to post step the, in. You we need to post the video. Get you you crawl. You in, step you through it. Step yeah. over this ten inch wide door sill that's carbon made tub, out of yeah. carbon Kevlar. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, you Space have to. You, we have to post a video because you have to see that door actuate out when you're sitting in the car. It actuates yeah. out and then rotates up. It's crazy. It's fucking. It looks fake. That's crazy. It's so yep. cool. They do so many good things. So much better than Tesla. Agreed. Word. Uh, moving on. What else we got? We have the uh, Spiker supercar. They came back. We didn't really. They were never really gone. I, the coverage on Spiker this week was awful. Right. I don't they, know what the deal they, is. they just had a two year absence at uh, Geneva. Geneva, yeah. So it's base. It's it's a newly restyled car. It's kind of got the same engine. I think the only reason that we're talking about it is because we think it's cool. I I think their shifter mechanism is cool. Which, there by the way, it's not much. an exposed transmission because that was flying around the internet. Yeah, no, this yeah. Was, yeah, it's an exposed linkage. Yeah, so it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It looks really, really let's, cool. Let's call it what it is. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very um, mo- or not modern. It's a vintage aeroplane style. It's almost like it's, Art Deco. It's yeah. It's you know what the worst, the worst yeah. thing about Spiker is that Paris Hilton used to have one. Oh, Did she really? Gross. Yeah. Man, that sucks. That kind of ruins it. Right? Yeah, it's no, too damn cool for Paris Hilton. That's what, what, what I, I think. When I first saw it, like they had the 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 the, the matte, renderings are not good. The weird green, and then like the Italian browns interior, and I hate the rims. And I was like, I hate this car. He wants and, RPF ones on it. Well, I do on everything. I do. P thirty seven. Well, then on his Regera. <laughs> well, then I, I would. I don't 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 call no. No, because those are made out of carbon yeah, fiber. Yeah, you want, you he want wants those, those. You want those carbon fiber. That's wheels. true. Carbon fiber, anything. But so I looked into this more. If I would change the color, the rims, and the interior color to black, it went from being like, I hate this car, to, okay, this might be my new favorite car. Because I think that interior is one of the best-looking interiors it's ever. It's so gorgeous. Everything's and, and there's And there's no carbon fiber on the inside. It's all, like, brushed aluminum and stuff. I love which is really brushed. saying something for me. I love it's, brushed it's, aluminum. It's carbon though. fiber or nothing for me, typically. That was one of my favorite things about my TT was all the brushed aluminum inside yes. of it. No, I, I love all the little air, airplane-style... It is Mesh very airplane stuff. Do you ages. see the do you see the shifter linkage? linkage? Yeah, it's super neat. Is that neat. not the coolest it's super thing? Neat. Like that should make your engineering geek just explode. It does. And at the same time, if it's I had four hundred thousand dollars for a car, I wouldn't buy it. No, because he's too Dutch. I, which is funny because it's a Dutch car. Yeah, so I think they're Dutch, aren't they? <laughs> but th- I think the whole spiker concept's a very interesting one because the point of it is is that Okay, so all these people buy supercars, right? Because they're rich and they want to show off that they're rich. None of them drive them that hard. I mean, really, and they probably shouldn't for that they're matter. They're people like Paris Hilton, right? That's who owns Spikers. People like her. Yeah, but she's got no class. I imagine a guy. <laughs> I imagine love her though. She's so trashy. Yeah, she's too trashy though. Wow. But I imagine so somebody that buys a spiker, spiker. I imagine them like wearing a smoking jacket all the time and like just constantly smoking cigars and having like an ascot. Like that's who I imagine. Yeah, it's probably not at the terrible track. accent and stuff. They like have that. a terrible accent. And maybe instead of smoking cigars, they smoke those really thin cigarettes. That's what I would have picked. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yep, definitely. All right, they talk in a condescending tone constantly. Yeah, I imagine that's. Yeah. Hey, carry my baggage. Yep, they talk down. They don't know how to talk up. No. All right, so Sergio Marconi is my favorite auto executive, without a doubt. Sorry, Bob. He's Lutz. the guy that runs Fiat. This is Sorry, big, Bob. Lutz. This is a pretty big deal for for Michael to say that because. 
He's had a, like a man crush on Bob, I love Lutz Bob Lutz for a long time. <laughs> he just puts more and more and more horsepower in things to make them this, better. This this could be better if it had an LS in it. Yeah, that's what he went around. He doesn't do that anymore though. Now he, he puts, puts Viper motors. He puts in Viper things. motors and things. He puts electric motors in you trucks, know, which is confusing. You know what's better than a V8? Two more cylinders or four more cylinders. Let's start with two. Yeah, lame. So Sergio Marconi this week, he said his favorite thing to say to the press. He says it all the time. You'll have to shoot him before they make an autonomous Ferrari. I'm good with that. And I'd like to applaud him on his yeah. uh, his decision. Yep. He also said it about electric cars. He, but they don't make any sense in that market. I'm good with no, it. Yeah, his whole either. his whole point was... He said something like, I drove a Model S, and it was weird because it was so quiet, and I don't really see the point because Ferrari makes V12 and V8 shouty engines, and that's what they do. Yeah, that's the whole point of a Ferrari. So I totally understand where he's coming from. I'll bet I'll bet we would get along with him real well. Yeah, because hey, he's... Sergio, if you want to do podcast he's, things, he's, let he's us crazy. know. He's crazy. He just goes off the chain when he talks to the press. Yep, I love it. Do you he see has, that? has on more than one occasion created massive PR nightmares yeah. for himself, hasn't he? But I love it. He's I the, love it. He's the head he's of Ferrari great. and the head of Fiat. He must be doing something, right? Yeah. No, I'm it's mixing shit up. Did you see that they lose money on every single Fiat 500e they make? I thought and that was. I thought that was also true about the Enzos. That probably is true, but the Fiat 500e is like a normal person. Yeah, you know, you know, it's a small commuter car. Oh, is it? I, guess, I don't know anything to lose about money that. Money on those things. Yeah. You know what a Fiat 500 is, right? Yeah. It's the it's electric. The electric one. Well, they, they should lose money on that anyways. It's stupid. They lose fourteen thousand dollars on. He hates that car. He has he has made no secret that he does not want to build that. But you know why they have to make it? Emissions. Emissions. Because of California. Cafe it's State. California's fault. Because California is saying that basically, I think it was by like 2025 or whatever, but a certain percentage of your fleet has to be zero emission. Or you can't sell cars in that co- in that state? Correct. Now, could you drive them in that state? Like, say I buy well, a Ferrari so you, in Iowa and I drive Yeah, to you probably couldn't register in that state. So if you live in California, you could go buy a Ferrari in Nevada, but how are you going to register it? Buy Shouldn't that fall under fiat? What do you mean? Well, Ferrari's overarching... Umbrella company is yeah. Fiat. Yeah. So as long as Fiat makes the 500, I should still be able to buy a Ferrari. Right. But his point is he doesn't want to have to make any electric vehicles yeah, that well, he's going to lose money on. I, don't I mean, he's not in the business of losing money. I don't think it's an option. Well, no, probably. It, definitely not in California, obviously. Yep. Well, I think long term, that's probably not an option, period. No, it's going to keep getting worse and worse. You know, you're going to have higher, just purely, you know, cafe or whatever emission standards are going to get more and more and more strict. So... You're going to need to have a fleet average, and the best way to improve your fleet average is to have a zero-emissions vehicle. I think everyone should have a Civic or a, a CRX HF that gets 50 miles to the gallon. I think everybody so. should make an electric scooter that they don't sell any of. That are like the Like uh, Aston elect- Martin did with the Signet? Yeah, Signet. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I would drive a Signet. So fast. I think they're awesome. I, I could, you couldn't get me to drive it. It's I, my favorite I, I, I Aston would drive Martin. It. I'm yep. going out on a limb here, and I'm saying this. I wouldn't say It's that. my favorite Aston Martin. I wouldn't, um, I would never let's, say let's that. Let's tell the history to the podcasters that don't know. Um, didn't they, I guess, they're, correct they're me Toyota, on Toyota, Scion, whatever you want to call yep. them, IQs. Yes, and they That just have been them. rebadged and restyled and labeled the Aston Martin Signet. And they put some quilted leather in it and some throw pillows, I think. And it has, <laughs> and it has like, the Aston Martin grill, grill on yep. it. It and looks grill. awesome. It looks so stupid. Yep. So good. Yes. I love the IQ. I think it's cool. Like, I would love an IQ. The IQ, I think, is a cool but little see, car. See, if I bought an IQ, then I'd have to go on eBay and buy some 
$500 Aston Martin body. Don't change kit. the front end at all. Don't change the wheels. Just change the badge. No, I'd buy the body <laughs> kit. I guarantee you there's someone that makes a body kit. Oh, yeah. Kit. Yeah, somebody makes a body kit with a grill, I'm sure. And I'll take it, please. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, I, it feels too poserish for me. I, I would build like a street prepared solo car. Oh, my God. A, a solo <laughs> IQ would be hilarious. Right? It would be the best. Yeah. For sure. Oh, if somebody has one, please let us know, because that would be so cool. Yeah. I'd love it. That short <laughs> wheelbase, it's got to work well, right? It's got to work. It's like driving a go-kart. Although apparently other people aren't as passionate about the IQ as we are. I'll I'll swap a swap something into it and turn it into a street mod car, and it'll be the best thing in the world. Because you know what happened to me at the 2014 Chicago Auto Show, right? No. Does Robbie know about this? No. Scott and I found the <laughs> IQ, and we thought it was hilarious because we'd never seen it. We were like, this is so sweet. Look at it. We're like, hopping. we think it's cool. We're messing with stuff in it. This girl walks up to me. She was our age, and she goes, what are you guys, a bunch of faggots? <laughs> I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, when when we bought Katie's Focus, they had an orange one in the showroom, and I was like, why, why are we even- get that? Yeah. It's so sweet. Too it's much so money. Small. Yeah, I was going to cool. say, they want a, a lot for them. It's the world's smallest four-seater. Yeah. It's sweet. It's a four-seater? Yeah, it's yeah. got a back seat. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It's a sweet car, man. I wish there so were more of them So you're around. telling me there's a car with a smaller back seat than your stupid TT. Oh, no, dude. They're supposedly, they're useful. It's, they, no they way. Like, yeah, dude. The gas tank is like flat. It runs underneath the car. Yeah. Whoa. So they can slide the seat back real far? And so you have some form of a trunk, and it's a hatch. It's Do sweet, you have to be dude. three feet tall to sit in there? No, oh, dude. It's I'll better be, than the TT. Oh, when for it comes sure. To, oh, my gosh. I can't I believe we're it. geeking out about an IQ. It's, <laughs> it's so, so cool. It's though. so ridiculous. <laughs> That's kind of like you and I in the the uh, A forty five AMG. Yeah. yeah, nobody else seems to like. Nobody the likes it, but Michael and I. I think they're sweet. Which one? You'd hate it for sure. I'm sure. Let's find out. What car? A forty five AMG. I think you liked the other. Sounds expensive. I like the one. I like the car that everybody seems to hate, which is the this, cheap. This the cheap here? Mercedes. Yeah, that. Why would I hate that? It looks like a Rav Four in a Civic. And is it isn't it like three hundred and forty five horsepower out yeah, of a makes, two liter? Stupid power. You do realize I would rock this all day long. Yeah, it's, it's so, so awesome. It's like so a have, smaller version of my Rogue. They have an aero package for the AMG. It looks ridiculous. And it is out of control, insane. I want it so bad. <laughs> no, I'm on board. I like this car. Awesome. What's the what's Eat the it, little Scott. what's the little cheap Mercedes? I thought that was the A series. No, there's a no. I mean the sedan. There's a cheap sedan. Oh, I, don't, I don't know why Mercedes yeah, very well. I don't know. I want to call it the. It's obviously not the SLS. It's like the CLS, the big CLS, but it's kind of like the smaller version of that, and you can get it for thirty grand. Like little two door. No, it's a four door. It's a little mini sedan coupe thing. Actually, there's a bunch of them. It's like, isn't it CLS? No, CLS is the big one. I thought. No there's idea. a few we're of them running around Ames. Yeah, we're not going to get there. We'll come back to that. That's the AMG version that I like. I like the. Everybody hates that car, though. Like, it's the, it's, you know, Mercedes was the one that came out with, you know, hey, it's a sedan, but it's a coupe because it doesn't have any pillars. Yeah. Everybody thought that was stupid. So they made, they make the smaller version now that's 30 grand base. And I really like the car. And I especially like it in the AMG setup because it's got with that ridiculous motor. 345 horsepower. And everybody yeah. seems to hate it. I don't know why. I I'll think go it's on a whim and say there's, there is not a single Mercedes out there that I don't like. That's not true. I can't stand the G. Which one's that? The G Wagon? The G wagon's pretty ostentatious. I don't like the G wagons. It's pretty ridiculous. I would never own. I don't it, want I don't anything to do with that. So expensive. Yeah. Like the cheapest one is one hundred and twenty grand. Yeah, they're great for effectively a Jeep. I don't hate it with some leather in it. It's out of control. I like their six wheelers. No, nah. I love their six wheelers. Nah. You and Dan Bilzerian. That's fine. 
Yeah, we you could, could only we... own that in Dubai. That's the only place you could own it. Nah. Yeah. He has one in California. I just mean that people would throw eggs at you all the time yeah. because you are you look like a Especially douche. Especially in California. Yeah. I don't care. You look like such a douche in that thing. You gotta get, with, would, you gotta get would, it with a with a diesel. I would, make yeah, it roll I would, coal. I would jack it up a little bit, make it off Jack it up. It's one. huge. Have you seen one? You yeah, gotta make it ridiculous. Actually, it is jacked up before yeah, you I even get it. I don't have to jack it up. You so could put big. like, oh man, you know what you should do? Put Jurassic Park emblems on it. Oh, no. This is taking a bad turn. I love it. I love it. Robbie, I think it. they already did that though. Let me look. Weird fascination with dinosaurs. I've been by trying the way. to get Robbie. That's not to, true. I've been Jurassic trying to get Park, Robbie. Not to just dinosaurs. Jurassic Park Library is road. You should do. You should do it on the 240 as well. No, I want a two. Like that. I want a 1993 Jeep Wrangler, and then I want to put Jurassic Park. Oh, he would, on. wouldn't he? Or a Ford Explorer. Ah, no, 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 Explorers. not the Explorer. That one's lame. I want the uh, off-road ah, one. He would do it. He yeah. would totally. See, they did it for the Jurassic World movie. Let's see. Oh, oh God, that is bad. bad. Oh, that's so bad. You mean awesome? That's right, that's an ML. That's a Mercedes yeah, ML. Know, but I, that's it's the bad. only one that popped up right away. <laughs> so anyway, yep, that's all we got. <laughs> awesome. I think that's it. Hit us up on social media. Talk to us. We'll talk about you on the show. We, yeah, we've Share had a lot us, of like us. We've had a lot of interest this week or uh, activity rather on our social media sites, and we really enjoy that. We like it. Yeah, definitely. We so love keep the feedback. Keep Come doing. Talk it. to us. Comment on our. Stupid posts. Tell us how bad or good we're doing. Yeah, and we honestly do take your feedback into consideration and make changes or updates or try to make the show better for people that want to listen. So yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We we done? Yeah, we'll catch you next week. I, I got nothing. Else. All right, thanks guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye.